Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. Happy June 28th to everyone that is out there. Beautiful day in Chicago. I'm happy to be back in Chicago. Earlier this week, many of you know who follow the show that I travel throughout the week. Uh, Because of the job that I do, I certainly believe in saving the planet and equality for all. So again, it keeps me traveling throughout the week. This week, I had the opportunity of having my, uh, my rib with me, of course, the one and only my beautiful wife, Miss Nicole Moore. And we were out in uh, Dallas, the Dallas area this this week. Robin, we were out in uh, we were out in Dallas. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dallas, and we're back from Dallas. She got a tan and all that other good stuff, and the weather was it was <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Nonetheless, folks, glad to be back in the seat. We have a great show in store for you here this pre Fourth of July uh, show. I was just asking Todd Ron, Ron Ronkowski, who is the program director here. I said Todd prior to him leaving. I said. Todd, so the 4th of July is next Thursday. What, what are we doing for the, for, the, for the 5th? You know what he told me, Robin? Yeah. Program as usual. <laughs> Basically, it was like bring your black self into this. <laughs> <laughs> come in to work, Kendall. You right. Don't, you, don't, you, do you not. get a Thursday off, you get the and Thursday, then got to come to work Friday. Work. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're here on the 5th. Nonetheless, I always appreciate uh, my girl, Robin Lewis, who's in the building with me. Hey. Thank you for always hanging around before. Oh, I, absolutely. Thank you. you know, it, I have no other way. I, I can't start the show without saying hello to you, uh-huh. Robin. Tell the people what? about your air conditioner because we're having oh. air conditioning issues here at WVON, <laughs> which is why people are not here sometimes. You know, <laughs> it's not easy. You know, you go into every season starting to get warm and you're like, hmm, how's the money? How's the money? Uh, how soon should I call the guy? Because with all this rain we've been having, oh, you yeah. don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, for the third year in a row approaching summer, I'm having uh, air conditioner problems and I need some free on. <laughs> Freon, man. You know what? And I think you live in the suburbs, if I have I that do. correctly. You know, the people in the city are very, uh, they're handy. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think I've seen people steal Freon and take it from an air conditioner and put, you know, because people can Don't suck gas that. out of gas tanks. Oh God! I, I promise that's you. Robin, you those, ga- that's why they start making those. That's why they start making those gas tanks. So you got to open you them from inside, inside the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people steal gas; they can steal Freon. So let's get some oh. some Freon st- stolen. Hey, for hey, you. hey, hey! No, 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 no! Don't promote that. No. All right, we won't do that. No. We won't do that. <laughs> listen, I'm wishing you well. Uh, I should weekend. have it by this evening. All right, very good. Let's make sure we do that, brother. Jared, of course, I always, always appreciate you, my technical producer. What's up, Jared? What's up, brother? Happy Friday to y'all. Friday to you as well. Always looking uh, debonair. Uh, how are you staying so cool in this studio, man? I'm used to it, man. It was way worse than that when we first got down here. And I know it's pretty hotter than that outside, so I'm used to it. All right, man. Certainly appreciate you hanging out with me here this evening. Looking forward to a great produced uh, show. Thank you for being here. Uh uh, people, tonight I have a very great show in store for you guys. Got some visitors in from out of town. The roundtable discussion this evening is going to be absolutely lit. I have my stepdaughter live in the studio with me. Normally Connor is hanging out with me. Tonight I got the one and only Morgan Nelson. Big hey. Mo is in the building with me here this evening. And uh, she's helping produce uh, tonight's program. So uh, this week you guys have been following me on my Facebook page, and there's a lot for us to get into and delve into. I want to begin tonight, uh, just real quick, uh, news that was uh, happening this week. If you did not see it, um, Kamala Harris, she did her thing yesterday on, uh, you know, doing the presidential debate. Later on in tonight's program, I would love to get you guys to start. She really, in, in my opinion, just a real quick snippet of it, uh, she shut uh, Joe Biden down. And uh, he really, he, he ended up being pink-faced, in my, in my humble opinion. Uh, just really interesting how the tides can turn so quickly when it comes to uh, these presidential debates. Other things that are in the news that are taking place, uh, Alderman Lightfoot, I mean, not Alderman Lightfoot, but Mayor Lightfoot, uh, she's been all in the news. And I specifically want to talk about the, how the aldermen are actually, they're upset. Like, they are upset with, Alder, uh, with uh, Mayor Lightfoot because the aldermen are saying that uh, they're mad at her because she's stripping them of control over everything. I really think that that is a good thing. And the reason that I think it's a good thing is because, the, first of all, we have too many aldermen. That's my humble opinion, and we, you can call me and we can debate that if, if you would like. But we have too many already. The other part of it is many of the aldermen are crooked one way or another. And I don't want to uh, paint them with a broad paintbrush and say that they're all crooked, but I'm, I'm going to tell you at least 45% of them. Earlier this week, there was a, a story in the Chicago Sun-Times with regards to uh, Mike Madigan and his second in charge being investigated by the FBI. On my Facebook page, I went on to sta- state that once Madigan goes down and he is indicted, because it is going to happen, Robin. I assure you. Quite possibly. It, it's going to happen. Um, everybody everybody who's under his umbrella, and there are a lot of people in the state of Illinois, not just down, down at the state capitol, but also here in the city of Chicago. So many of the aldermen have, you know, their, how do you, what do, what do the cows do when, when they feed their babies? I, what's the what's the terminology? Is you mean what do the the baby cows what, what do? do? The baby they cows suckle? do the suckle. They suckle. The all the, the aldermen who are suckling from his uh, treasure <laughs> trove. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to go another way with no, that no, analogy. No, 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 no. But they will. They are going to crumble as well. You have heard about what happened to uh, Willie Beeman. Big shout to my man. He only got a, uh, he only got a year. 
And, and, you know, Willie Beeman was my guy. He was my guy. You know, me and him used to hang out and drink together and, you know, park a lot, pimp, and we used to go hang out. With <laughs> good old days. <laughs> the good old days. And now they done hit Willie Beeman oh, with a year. Well. I wonder who he gave up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, now we got Carrie and what the mess that she's in. You, you know, so back to my point on the alderman and Mayor Lightfoot wanting to rein in all of these people. It is, it's time, folks. It's time for people to be held accountable from the top to the bottom. And so me, for one, I am happy that Mayor Lightfoot is putting her, feet down, put, putting her foot down and uh, taking a stance so that we're not in the okay corral and people are being able to do whatever they want to do. Now, here's the last thing before I take, uh, take a break. The, uh, the, uh, the inspector general now, it will be investigating, um, you know, the, the, the alderman's first in charge. I, I, I think they're called the ward soups. The ward soups are absolutely, they know all of the dirt and the crime on the alderman for whom or which they serve in that specific ward. If, in fact, the IG is able to in, in, enact his powers and investigate those ward soups, all hell is going to break loose. So, Chicago, you guys are on fire. And it's hot as hell outside right now. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when it comes to the politics, it's even hotter. Next week, I'm looking very forward to the 4th of July. will not just be the 4th of July. I mean, things are going to be crack a Tonight's program, my first guest, Brother David Robertson. Uh, we will be discussing mental health. We're going to talk about Gen Xers. Define what hyper-masculinity is all about examine professional millennials. Of course, it's Black Pride Week. It's Pride Week here in the city of Chicago. And looking very forward to my lit roundtable discussion that will start at 8 p.m. this evening. My girl, uh, Sarita Love, and brother Kevin Iverson will be joining me. All right, folks, that much and more. We're back in a moment. It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. www.wbon.com. It's the Kendall Moore Show. As I begin tonight's program, please allow me to introduce David D. Robinson. He is the managing partner for the Intention Group, LLC. He's a graduate of Northeastern Illinois University and received his Master's of Art degree from the Department of Educational Inquiry and Curriculum Studies. His research and his expertise focuses on aligning curriculum to address adverse childhood experiences and supporting organizations in creating and tailoring programs and services that impact communities with diverse needs. He's a corporate trainer and a speaker, and he has consulted with a number of community health care and educational organizations at the local, national, and international 
level. David is also a national advocate consultant for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. He is also the executive director and founder of the Hope Is Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Hope Is Foundation envisions communities where individuals and organizations are inspired to commit their talents and resources toward innovative problem solving in their communities. Dr. David Robinson, Dr. I call him Dr. David because he said it there, but Dr. Robinson, how are you, sir? Hope is, hope is, <laughs> hope is, bro, man. It is. Uh, it's great to have you. Of course, you're doing the. Uh, you're doing the, the 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 evening drive. So there's a lot of folks right now who's uh. What's who's up, y'all? In. Let's keep hope alive. You know, as they head home, getting them from their work week to their weekend. Glad to have you here to have this conversation with the Gen Xers as well as yeah. uh, with the Millennials. You certainly represent that. Uh, it's Pride Weekend here in the city of Chicago. Just so much that's going on. But yeah. our discussion here uh, for this 6 o'clock hour, David, uh, there's a plethora of things that we are going to tackle. But I would like to begin with the number one thing that uh, so many folks have been commenting on my Facebook page about. And I want to start with the uh, toxic masculinity piece and then tie it all into that. Some people were offended when I used the term toxic masculinity. And mm-hmm. I am trying to get a better understanding um, because they, they stated their case, but mm-hmm. from where you sit, because we've had this, these type of discussions before. Absolutely. From where you sit, man, toxic masculinity. Help us understand this. To me, toxic masculinity is a false narrative of how we're supposed to be as men. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've always been challenged that I'm not man enough or I'm not macho enough. Uh, and I think that we've connected this toxic masculinity to what a man's supposed to be in success versus a man simply being a provider, a caretaker, an example, an impactful person in their community and in their family. And so for me, I've had to rewrite the narrative on what masculinity looked like for David Robertson. Uh, I, I'm not the sports guy, right? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that guy that can play basketball or play football. But I'm dope at creating stuff. I'm dope at, at, at being a visionary. I'm dope at arts and crafts and stuff like that. And so I would say pretty much half of my life up until my 20s, it was really fighting against this narrative that I wasn't man enough because I wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, six foot, you know, 200 right, pounds, right, stocky, right. and oh, working out. I ain't trying to work out like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he switched you. So I think a lot of it is, A, when you're not exposed to it, you're only, you're, you're only getting what, what people, what you're seeing. Uh-huh. And I think that uh, being free and being able to, uh, to, to, you show your personality and say, what this is what a man looks like to me, right? Whatever sure. that looks like. I think that taking back that power, and I've taken back my power with that versus allowing for society to tell me what I'm not or what I can be. When people mention toxic masculinity, and when I say people, that's just too broad of a, a stroke. So in mm-hmm. male circles where the testosterone is just off of the Richter scale, yes. um, they may differ and have a different opinion and may be offended by that term, toxic Mm -hmm. masculinity. Because on the flip side of it, some people are saying we are taken away from men being men, and we are not allowing the alpha males to continue to be alpha males. Like they are having to dumb down 
who they are as far as a man mm. is concerned in order for other people to contort and fit in. Mm. So that's, you know, that's the other side of the argument. Uh, your response to that. So my background is in ACEs, so uh, adverse child experiences. And, my, and, the, and the biggest challenge that I, I would have is, is that trauma starts essentially in the home. It starts in the community. And when you have a lineage of, of young people, specifically men, who cannot communicate with their emotions because they're supposed to man up or they're supposed to be a big boy when they really need to have that emotional outlet, a lot of people are stunned emotionally. Uh, one of the things that I look at, I tell people all the time, is let's, let's look at all three things, the uh, IQ, the AQ, and the EQ. You know, you can be great with your intelligent quotient. You can be awesome with your adaptation quotient. But I believe that toxic masculinity has affected a lot of men's emotional quotient. Mm. No emotional context, no feelings. Um, even, you know, when talking about depression, it, there's, a, there's a, a, like a, a wall that hits up. And, and, and to me... We can say toxic masculinity because that, 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 that is in certain um, circles that we run in, right? Okay. But in reality, if it is, it's, it's, it's not empowering a man to say that it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to say I'm hurt. It's okay to say I don't feel well. It's okay to say I made a mistake. Uh, and I think that, that, that we've allowed for two words to define a whole person. I got you. I got you on that. Hey, folks, uh, check this out. I'm going to take a break in just one second. 312-374-8130. That is the number to connect. Uh, uh, David Robertson, he is my guest uh, here this evening. Marguerite, we're going to come to you as soon as we return. David, real quick before we do take this break and come back to the caller, uh, I want to put this on you before we, we cut away. Um, the argument among men in their household with their significant other. Mm. That's something that we're going to pick up on the other side of this break. Focus, the, focus well, the Kendall Moore Show. We're here for it. The phone lines, you know where it is. We'll be back in a moment. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
Kendall Moore Show. David Robertson, of course, is my guest here this evening. 312-374-8130, that is the number to connect. Toxic masculinity, that is our topic. I had to let this record play a little bit. It's Friday, it's beautiful outside, it's Chicago. Hey, I had to let the folks in the car who was listening to VON and listening on iHeartRadio just groove and, and, and feel that. We are, we're headed into the 4th of July. This is the pre-4th of July show, and uh, folks... You're going to have an extended weekend, and so I want to kick that off, getting you from your work week to your weekend. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Sister Marguerite, how are you? And welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Oh, good. I'm thank good. I'm good. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah, you know, I love your energy, Kendall. You really kick it on Friday nights. Thank you. Thank you. And to your guests, okay. Um, every man wants to be a George Jefferson or an Archie Bunker or what's the father's name from Good Time? Uh, uh, Michael. No, not Michael. Who was the, the, Mr. Evans. That's what his name was. Everybody, I forget what. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, every man wants to be a Mr. Evans in their house. James, James yeah. Evans. James Evans. Yep. Yes, yes. Okay, got it. And it depends when a man gets with a woman or if a man is with a man. <clears throat> or whatever the situation is, they're treated based on how, um, by others, based on how others have been treated. So the man's going to be treated right if the others that are around him have been treated right, and if they haven't been treated right, have learned how to get treated right and how to treat others right. Okay? And unfortunately, because of racism, the black man has a double-edged sword because so much happens against him outside of the home. Like Reverend Wright used to say, if you can't, you know, there was so much going on out there, you want to come home and at least get treated right there. So the black man really has to be treated with kid skin gloves because of the double-edged sword of racism that he's facing outside of the home. Sister Marguerite, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this, and you can stay here. Harold, uh, the rest of the calls, guys, we're going to get to you as well. But let me, let me respond to that, and then I'll ask David, too, as well. Um, are we making too many excuses for black men these days? And that's what I mean by toxic masculinity. I'm not looking, from, I'm not looking at it from one particular lens. But black men, as me being a, a, a heterosexual alpha male, is it, is it toxic? If in fact, I, do I have to dumb down who I am and make in order to make other people feel comfortable? Have I now become the minority because I'm not as sensitive, or I may not be as open as other men are? And, and, and sensitive in the sense that I feel like I'm I'm a king, and I have the right to act like who I am. Versus cowing down to uh, let's say my white boss or to one of my colleagues who may be of the LGBTQ uh, uh, community. Like, what, at, at what point do, are we able to define and, and continue to be who we are without losing the, our, 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 our pureness of who we are? Well, like Reverend Wright used to say, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? <laughs> it depends on the kind of wife you have. Um, what's that TV show, Married with Children? And what's the other one that was real crazy? Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah, the, man yeah. can't, the man can't get a word in edgewise because the boss wife is there telling him and right, everybody right. what to do. 
you know, if that's the kind of wife you have, then that's the kind of wife you have, and still you know you're king within, you just don't want to challenge her if she's challenging. But now if you can be a Mr. James Evans in your household and and, and or Bill Cosby, you know how he and Camille always kissed before the show went off. They always were in bed snuggling and in some loving position before the show went off. They may not have agreed on everything, but there was a way she handled it. Um, it depends on the kind. A man has to look at whatever kind of wife he married and handle himself accordingly. All right. So, so Marguerite, not being violent or crazy, you know. Absolutely. I got to let you go. I got to get to these other callers. Thank you so very much. David, let me, uh, let me let you let me let you interject. And here's something that I want to throw into the mix. When we talk about toxic masculinity, we're not just talking about heterosexual couples. Yeah. So let's 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 put that out there as well. All right. Three one two three seven four eighty one thirty. That's the number. Let's go to Brother Harold. Harold, how are you? Bill Cosby character was uh, Chuck Kincaid. Okay, got it. And they put me in the penitentiary for being a strong black man. There it is, Harold. There it is. Yep. Let me give let me give you two parables so you can feed it into the conversation. Since 2008, there has been a protracted drug game war going on between young men in Parkway Gardens and the adjacent community that has been tolerated by the forces that be in anticipation of the rejectification of those neighborhoods and using those young men who have all the drugs in the world, they have automatic weapons with laser beams on them, and they have been killing each other on Facebook since 2008. Compare that to the fact that the Chicago Democratic machine in the Illinois General Assembly just passed a $240 million appropriation to the Obama Presidential Center, eight blocks down the street at Jackson Park, right, right, right. without a community benefit agreement. Put those two together and you get what you got. I'll, I'll continue to listen, Joe. Hey, Harold, you know what? I, and I know where you're going with that. I certainly appreciate you. You know, because the conversation relative to what Harold just uh, talked about, everybody's talking about this study that just came out not too long ago about how, you know, we t- you, you can tie poverty and uh, the plight of African Americans, including men, uh, to property and ownership and, 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 and space. So I, I get where he's going, just don't have enough time to really uh, uh, delve into the exactness of it. Got to go to break in just a second, but David, I want you to get back into this conversation. Toxic masculinity, uh, you were talking about ACEs. Uh, coming from you, you're a, you're a Zenner, you're a, a, gen, a gen Xer. Uh, listening to some of the older callers who are calling in, uh, what, what are your thoughts and takeaways on that? I think everyone's uh, opinion and state is valid. I think today the reason why we're being challenged to talk about masculinity more is because we're now talking about trauma more. Uh, what happens in the house is no longer staying in the house. People now want to get help because the house was sick. Everybody was sick in the house for some reason, mental illness, physical illness, financial illness. And I think that the challenge is is that the the construct of what we call a, a, a family is now have, is, is now being reconstructed. Because now, as a black person and a black family, I've had to admit, I came up in a traumatized home. Only because my father wanted to be this type of, of father that, that he didn't see. So the, the, the challenge was, was because what he didn't, what he lacked, he wanted to put into himself and then it counteracted versus being the authentic man that could raise his child effectively. 
you know, I, I think the challenge is is that is that we allow for for society and for for norms to con, con, to push us into spaces where we think it's effective, but then when you really re realize it, you're reacting out of your trauma. Most people are reacting out of their trauma. Most men are reacting out of their trauma based on I gotta be like this. Like that's not the case, and I think that um, a lot of times for me. Any person that feels as though that they're not heard and they're yelling lets me know they've never been heard. So before I can t I can talk to you as a man, I gotta say, hey, bro, you haven't been heard. The reason why you're yelling, you haven't been heard because no one sat down and said, how do you feel? Versus you have to feel like this, right? Gotcha. There's, there's a difference. I think that the challenge is, and, and you said something prior to the to the commercial break, but we have to be honest. Men have been talked at, not talked to. So then now when you want a man to be talked to, then you we wonder why he can't communicate because we've been set up into a scope on, no, you just listen and you don't respond because if a man responds, he's what? He's emotional. Mm -hmm. Or if he respond, responds in the wrong way. He's an angry man he's an, he, or he's this or yeah, he's yeah. that. Now, either so, way, you swing the pendulum when it comes to us as black men. Um, yeah, we're put in some type of box. So, I, I, so I certainly get it, that. It's, I'll leave this word. It's a dichotomy. Because there, 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 there's, a, there, there's, there's this side and there's that side, but my focus is how can we come into a middle so that everyone can see a little bit of light. I got it. All right. Let's go to Bill real quick. Hey, Bill, how you doing? All right. You know what? Before we go to Bill, we got to take a break. We'll be back. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Hoo-hoo-wee! Yeah, he said it. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. minutes after the hour. Welcome back. It's the Kendall Moore Show. All right, folks. Uh, we continue the conversation. Toxic masculinity. Let's go to Bill. Bill, we were coming to you prior to us going to break. How you doing? Hey, hey I'm all right, Kendall. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what? When I look at toxic, when I think about toxic masculinity, I don't think of it like a George Jefferson or a James Evans. Okay. I think that's just masculinity. Toxic masculinity to me is what you see out here on the street with the young guys shooting and killing each other because of what they've seen in the video or what, what they've uh, heard on the, in the music that tells them that this is how you should act. And you got to understand, I do agree with your guests. Many of them are traumatized, and they, and they do bring that from the home. But who's raising them? You know, the TV's raising them. You know, it, well, like it, you it, said, it the streets, the guys home. on the street, like you just said, Bill, like the guys on the street or yeah. whoever's uh, in their face. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but toxic masculinity to me is not a James Evans. This is not. This is not a a, a, a a Bill Cosby. You know, regardless of his situation, that's not toxic toxic masculinity. I feel a lot of women want men like traditional masculine men like that. However, because most of these young men have not had men in the homes 
to teach them how a man should be. You know, there's re- there's rules and regulations of being a man, okay? Yeah. And they haven't been taught that. They haven't been taught that etiquette. So they watch the TV and they pop in bottles and the girls dance no table naked Damn. and they feel well, that's what a woman wants. Bill, you let know? me ask and, you this. Uh, Bill, you yeah. just you just sparked the thought. Mm-hmm. Have the rules and regulations for being a man, has society changed that? Uh, yeah. Um, they've not. They've been changed somewhat, but they've actually just been accepted by by certain. Cause we have accepted what masculinity is, and I will say this, and I'm not trying to turn this into a gender war, but many of these women out here accept that as masculinity because they're traumatized as well, and they see that in their homes, and they see it on TV, and they want a boyfriend or a husband, and they figure that's what men want, so they go on table dance, they go do all this stuff. That they do so. If masculinity is complemented by toxic, toxic masculinity is often um, uh, equated with toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. Bill, thank you so very much. David, go ahead. Thank no. you, sir. Thanks, man. I, w- I, I would simply say that, that I don't think a lot has changed. I also think that the fact that we, we have to add in social media and, and, and media, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I think that, that people are now being exposed more to people's lives and people and how people live and the different the different states on how people perceive themselves. So I think that people are having to be mirrored more. We have to understand that th- there's nothing new under the sun. We I mean this is all brand new. People, people, people gonna be people, people always gonna be people. I, you know what I'm saying? Like right, people right, right. are people. I think that we have to be honest and transparent that media has affected us in some form or fashion because media is the derivative of meditate. What you meditate on is what you're going to become. And if we are meditating on, I have to look like this, I have to look like this, we got a lot of people that look masculine and and big, but they don't got nothing inside of them Mm. because it's the falsification of this exterior mentality of what a man's supposed to be versus this intellectual enterprise emotionally as i go back again the iq the eq and the aq to me as a human being you need to be focused on the iq the aq and the eq so you can be a whole person a whole man and a whole woman i think that when we get into these spaces that then separate people versus humanize people then we're going to always have these richter scales and i think that that's the challenge I feel you on that. Let's go to Michael. Michael, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, yeah, I'm listening. How you guys doing? I've listened to your conversation, and um, you know, I've been hearing that term a lot lately, toxic masculinity. And um, you know, I'm just wondering, like, um, it just sounds like some cute term that some, somebody made up. Because my thing is, is that if there's a toxic masculinity, when I look around, I see a lot of toxic emasculinity. You know, with guys walking with the pants down, yep. look like the wind clothes used to be designed for women. And my other question is, is that uh, are females capable of toxic masculinity? And I'm talking about the females that want to uh, replace the men in their traditional roles and kind of force them out of the household. And, and by contrast, is there such thing as toxic femininity? Gotcha. Well, so I can make up a bunch of cute terms, too. In the terms of toxic femininity, I guess the women is out here being promiscuous, uh, having kids out of wedlock, not being responsible. I mean, I can make up a ton of little cute terms, but what what does it really uh, what is it really saying? 
That's all I wanted to say. Hey, Michael, thank you so very much. You brought up a number of things that I certainly, and David, I'm going to ask you to hang around a little Mm -hmm. bit because we got to take a break at 7 o'clock. Michael, again, thank you. One thing that I want to point out, because we're talking about uh, toxic masculinity, and the women continuously uh, come up. Women are continuously coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the barbershops, in other areas where men typically habitate at and where we do our relaxing at, there is a huge conversation surrounding uh, the women now. The women who now have usurped, not, I'm going to usurp is too strong of a word, but who want to be men. Now you have women walking up to, to, to your wife or your significant other and being just as aggressive as a man, uh, as a man uh, normally is and or now you got men competing with women for their own wife or for their own significant other. And here's the other part of it. Now you got women who they participate in uh, both. They get in both of both, both, both of both worlds. So there's a lot that we need live. to. <laughs> no, no, live. Live. You feel me? <laughs> live. And not on the AM but the FM. <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, just a lot for us to, uh, to continue to matriculate through these conversations. When we return, Shelton, you will be the first person that I take. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side and also talk to David about the Hope Is Foundation uh, and, and hear what the premise behind the work that he is doing and how it equates to what it is that we are discussing. Folks, the Taste of WVON is Saturday, July 20th. It's going to be on the grounds of Chicago State University, 9500 South on King Drive. Make sure that you are there. It will include those who include Simone Green, Denise Williams, Avery Sunshine, MC Light, and Atlantic Star. Make sure that you get your tickets, WVON.com, for more information on limited preferred seatings. We want to see all of you guys there at the Taste of WVON Saturday, July 20th. Don't touch the dial. We're back after this. Oh. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for shining your light on me. You sent me someone. You can do more. Radio for the next generation on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON.
Andrew Moore Show. You can never try that course from 6 until 9 p.m. www.von.com, of course, that is the website. As we continue tonight's program, Brother David Robertson, he is in the building. The roundtable discussion is coming up very soon. And the roundtable discussion, folks, I want to uh, introduce it uh, to my listeners right now because on my Facebook page, I've already had the discussion. So a new element of the Kendall Moore Show on Fridays from 8 until 9 p.m., I'm looking for innovative people. Individuals uh, who come from all walks of life, all creeds, all colors, it matters not where you come from. I'm looking for just individuals who can be a part of the roundtable discussion each and every Friday from 8 until 9 p.m. And it will be different folks each and every week. And sometimes I'll have mainstays who will stick around uh, and serve as one of my core uh, persons. But the, the premise behind it is really to have an open dialogue and an open discussion the same way that we do on Facebook. When we post on Facebook here at WVON and where, whoever, whoever the, 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 the host is, et cetera, but specifically me, there are, are a ton of you who comment on the things that I post. And it really makes for a great show. So I'm going to give people the opportunity for your voices to be heard because it matters what you say. And you'll have the opportunity to do that here every Friday night from 8 until 9 p.m. So make sure that you hit my Facebook page up. And it's not my personal page. It is my show page. And you get me on my show page at the Kendall D. Moore Show. At the Kendall D. Moore Show. Go there. Uh, leave your, uh, uh, you know, post your name, uh, your information, who you are, et cetera. And let me know that you are in- interested. You also can uh, email me at the Kendall D. Moore Show at gmail.com. Kendall D. Moore Show at gmail.com to be- become a part of the roundtable discussions. They're always lit from 8 until 9 p.m. And again, plethora of topics. It does not matter from entertainment to sports to politics to religion to any community events that are going on. We want to hear from you. Come on and participate. David, I thank you for being here. Uh, as we continue the conversation, toxic masculinity, and now we've, 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 we're going to turn the page, but we'll, we'll keep that as well. There was something that was taking place. It was already, it was transforming as we were leaving out of that segment. Mm-hmm. Women came up, mm-hmm. and women being toxic as well. I heard men blame women for breaking up their marriages. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've heard men blame women for being too masculine themselves. Mm-hmm. I've heard men uh, blame women for taking their jobs. I've heard men blame women because women demean them and don't make them feel worthy enough. And so there's just all of this blame that's floating around. So one of our uh, uh, previous callers during the last segment talked about feminine toxicity. Mm-hmm. So let's bring that all together, and then we also we need to throw in yeah. your hope is. Uh, your, your, and, and, you know, it's just befitting to have the conversation because, of course, this is Pride Week. <laughs> and big shout to all the LGBTQ communities out there. Of course, the Kendall Moore Show, I am a friend, big supporter. Do mad, it. Mad love to you guys out there, family, friends, and everybody else up under the sun. David, though, but uh, back to the point and the conversation. So, you know, I, I, because of the work that I'm in, 
because of the work that I'm in, I don't particularly like to sit to talk just about men or women. I talk about the human individual. Got it. And so one of the things I, I, I talk about in trauma is most people have been traumatized from the age of zero to eight years old. So typically when you're engaging someone in whatever negative aspect, you're meeting them at the level of their trauma. So that is the fight or flight person. That's the person who was abandoned, rejected, angry, set aside. So when you connect that toxic masculinity or toxic femininity, a lot of times people connect that to their way of escape, their way of, of being freed up from situations. And so for me, I can't go down that hole and talk about, well, this is what they're doing. I can talk about the human individual. And what I can simply say is predicated on the community violence, predicated on the home violence, predicated on, on, the, on the sphere, how they were introduced to communication, that could be good communication or bad communication, creates the narrative of the person. But what I also will say too is, is that I will not accept an individual saying, this is just how I am. Because the reality of it is, is you are the way you desire to be. Mm. Let me give you a quick, uh, a quick, do. a quick two uh, research uh, uh, researches that that really help me to get people to understand how powerful our thoughts are. Research shows that eighty percent of our thoughts right now are negative. Eighty percent of our daily thoughts in this present moment are negative. Research also shows that in this present moment of eighty percent being negative, eighty-five percent of our thoughts that are negative are about yesterday stuff. So check it. If I'm in a crib with you and we're arguing, you're not getting the brunt of the anger that I'm feeling because I'm not even present. Mm. I'm 15% present in this argument. You're getting 85% of what I've dealt with in this place. So predicated on how big this pimple is and how much pressure's on here is going to be what happens and what spews out. So in that case, it is not about the human individual as in male or female. It is about the individual and where they, where they are at in their space of trauma. If you have not dealt with your trauma, you are traumatized and you are traumatizing the people, period. Masculine or feminine, you're traumatizing people. You're a horror story. The mental health uh, component that is attached to it, David, mm -hmm. um, and you're, you're already discussing it and talking about it. What, what, what are the inroads? What is it that needs to be talked about? Because you talk from zero to eight, right? Yeah. So that, 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 that child who's mm -hmm. growing up to be eight years old, yeah. we can do something about them, yes. right? There are so many people right now. I don't mean to be so comprehensive in my, my, uh, my, my, the words that I'm using. Let's go. But mental health mm -hmm. is damaging our communities right now because we, we don't know how to deal with it. Correct. We're still compartmentalizing it depending on what uh, – what what uh, job you work in? Mm -hmm. You know, you're a police officer, you're a school teacher. It's PTSD, and I say that I say that purposely for the school teacher. Correct. School teachers experience PTSD. I promise you that. Then you know we have the level one, level two. When it comes to people being bipolar, we got the crack babies who are growing up, et cetera, et cetera. All of it is mental health. We got the old the mm -hmm. the, the fifty year old women who got raped by their uncle, and they just now understanding why. They are feeling the way that they feel, and yes. so now they Let's hate all men. This. Like let's let, let's yeah. unwrap the onion. Yeah. So when we when we're talking about these things, it all leads back to the mental health component, and then all of this toxicity that exists in the African American community. So it all goes back to the power of words. Everything that's happening right now is by the power of words. Black people feel less than because of a power of words. People who are in disenfranchised feel because of a power of words. You were with me in Texas, and I had all of these young people stand up and say, I approve of myself. I approve of myself. 
I approve of myself. And you were in the room. Some of them couldn't say it because they've never heard positive talk mm. come out their mouth. It sounds funny and foreign to people to talk positive. So if it sounds foreign to talk positive or to hear positivity, how much damage is in the inside of us? And I tell people all the time, anyone who doesn't like me, they are in a space of hopelessness and they're okay with it. I represent hope because I have got to, ex we have to have a positive imagination about who we are and where we're going, right? And I think that, that, that people, people wanna talk about what happened and what didn't go right. Let me tell you what my therapist said today right now in this moment is your life not yesterday not tomorrow right now what are you going to do with what you got dealt with and once we realize that the toxic the toxicity of what we're dealing with if you're going to go back into that space you're going to either go to the mess of that or the message of it and the message of it is the maturity of i know that i've been in the mess but i got to put some on this mess to either be messy or to be a message to be a messenger and a lot of us have got to stop thinking that we're talking about the issue. I'm a solutionist. How are we going to get past this? And the issue is, is talking about, yes, toxic masculinity is here, and that's there. And, and, and there's a human in that person. And the reality of it is, is that through all that toxicity, there's a human in that person who doesn't feel courageous, who doesn't feel love, and feels abandoned. So that's what's spewing out. Now, once we get all that out, how much more can we put into that person? I think we want to put out so much on what they're lacking versus what can we put inside of them. And I think that that is the challenge of, and here's the reality. We had to be careful of our words because I was never disrespected by a white, a white person before I was disrespected by my own community. Mm. I can tell you the day and the time that I was called gay, fag, this and that. It wasn't by anyone that did not look like me. It was my community. Mm. So before we can talk about what they did, we got to talk about what happened in the house and what happened in the community. We'll leave it there. We got to take a break. We take the phone calls when we return. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Ooh-wee. Yeah, he said it. What? I thought you knew. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. discussing of course mr david robertson is in the building hey, i appreciate you being here let's go to the phone lines right now let's start with brother sheldon sheldon how are you welcome to the kendall moore show i'm doing fine sir how are you uh peace and blessings bro good good uh the name is sultan but i called because i wanted to offer something uh from 
the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through Minister Farrakhan. Okay. That maybe the problem is not we won't deal with masculinity and femininity. Let's deal with the nature. Nature is the essence out of which something is made. Anything. And everything has its essence in the way that it was made and it has an origin in its mate. As we are taught, the nature of a man is power and dominion. I don't care how toxic we have become. As men, we have a nature of power and dominion. The nature of a woman is security. And her objective is to be made secure. You want to sell her a car, you sell on the insecurity of her car. You want to sell her on this or that, you sell her on insecurity. And what will make her secure? Then we learn that men are the maintainers of women. So if that is the nature and that is the origin, I hear you both talking about toxicity. When did it become toxic? What made it toxic? And what was the poison that caused it to be toxic. You're right, my brother. We are a traumatized people. We do think 80, 90% negative because we have had 100% negative in the 463 years of this experience. So we are not the normal, the natural people that we were when we first met. Uh, if, if I can just be so frank, where we met white people. I'd like to give a quick example. You know how in the uh, anthropology classes, I remember how they used to love to show the brothers and sisters in the jungle. Now, some of us did fall to that, but most of us did not. They tried to give that as the only way. But let's take a look at that right quick. If you notice, the men and the women both have naked. The sisters have big breasts and big butts out. The brothers have something covering their fronts. They have a big smile on their face as they would meet the people that were new and different that they would meet. But there was no molestation. There was no rape. There was no lying, no murder. There was no pedophilia. There were none of those habits that we have learned that Bro, were not and and I, and I don't mean to cut you off I, I really I certainly want to take your name down I would love to have a conversation with you offline thank you for your contribution tonight if I had more time to keep you on I absolutely I would but I gotta let you go because we have other callers but I get where you're going with that David let me bring you back into the conversation the brother was in, in my opinion and he you know coming from where he's coming from with regards to uh, the history, I completely get it. I understand it. We have to understand where we come from to understand where we are here today. But since those 463 plus that he's already talking about, if we were to take just five, yeah. let's just take five years yeah. ago, we're still in the same place that we were back then. So the origin of where it started from. Yeah, let's make sure this mic is on. Yeah. Black people have always been affected globally. So this is 400 years in America, is not it? Globally, people of color have been affected. 
And I think that we have to, to have to take it out of the context of just the now versus all over, which means that we are a resilient, great people. And at what point do we tap into that and not talk about what, what we lack? But how do we how do we cultivate that and 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 tap back into what we know is our true heritage versus you know like I no I, no I get it I I, I I become challenged when when we become having a victim mentality versus a victorious you know a consciousness. You know I've I've always been of the thought process that we are excellent people in pointing out problems. We're experts. We all should have PhDs. When, when any problem that we have in Come the on. black community, we're going to tell you about in it. From the rooter to the tutor, we'll tell you everything. Look, this is what's wrong. This was, we should all have PhDs and complaining and telling you what's wrong. Yes. We struggle in execution s- and solutions. solutions. What are the solutions? I.e., example, we need to get Rahm Emanuel up out of here. Rahm Emanuel is up out of here. Now we have Lori Lightfoot, who's a sister, LGBT. Uh-huh. She, she, she's the home run for African Americans and the LGBTQ community. So she hits all of the marks. Mm. And yet and still, I have a thousand, we have a thousand people per day on the Internet as well mm. as calling here, WVON and whatever. It, 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 the point that I'm bringing up is, it does not matter who we have sitting in these places. They, they, you know, we talked about President Obama. We talk, we, we talk about edit. people aren't happy We're because back to- they're not happy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like happy starts with H A P P. You gotta make it happen, bro. I cannot make you happy. You gotta be happy. And again, a lot of people, relationships are about one thing: mirrors. And a lot of people, I don't want to be this friend because it's showing you who you are. And and relationships show people who they are. Our community is showing us who we are, and we are rejecting who we are and saying, this is who I am. No, it's who we are. So when we, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I get at, at, at what point are we going to say, we're saying who we are right now. But then we'll go back and say that, nope, that's not who we are. But we got PhDs and talking all this, but, but, but then we don't talk about we got a doctorate in, 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 in this, but then how can we get a BA in solutions? Here's something else I want to throw out there. Those of us who are smarter than the others, and when I say smarter than the others, I don't say that in a demeaning way. What I'm saying is some of us have education, right? And some of us, I'm talking about formal education. Some of us just have education because we have lived life. Yes. You know, back in, in prehist- prior to Jim Crow, prior to slavery, everybody didn't have to go to school to get a degree. We run into our own, our very own people who have a little bit of smarts about themselves who take advantage of those who are not as astute in whatever category that they need assistance and help in. The reason that I bring that up, and I want you guys to really think about that. I really want you guys to think about that. We make money. And the world makes money off of chaos. Yeah. And if that's the premise of existence for us as human beings, like, feel that when I tell you guys this. We make money off of chaos. The state of Illinois right now is a trillion-dollar business because of all of the prisons and all of the Mm. prisoners that we have. Kim Fox comes in, says, no, we're going to stop this. 
people went up in arms. What do you mean? You're stopping. You're stopping my. You're stopping my money. Wow. You're stopping the state's attorney's office. You're stopping the police, the probation. You're stopping the people who are building the prison. You're stopping the people who are sending the clothes over there. Uh, you're stopping the commissary. You're doing that, and I'm just using that as one spec, one iota. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go to the next inst- the biggest institution. People may not even know this. The Chicago public school system is the biggest employer in the state of Illinois. Mm. They're the biggest employer in the state of Illinois, and yet and still, they still fighting for crumbs. Wow. And they taking care of our badass kids. <laughs> Folks, I got to take a break. When I return, of course, man, David is here. Sarita Love is in the building as well. Hey! She's going to be joining me for the roundtable. Certainly appreciate Hope and that. love in this place. Folks, don't touch the dial. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Let's go. He's hot. He's mannish. But it gets no realer than him. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Five minutes after the hour, welcome back. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Of course, we are streaming live at www.wvon.com. 312-374-8130. That is the number to connect. All right, David, uh, let's go to the phone lines, and then uh, we are going to give uh, get a closing comment from you. All right? Let's go to Lisa. Lisa, how are you? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, Lisa. Lisa? Hey. All right, let's go to Michael. Michael, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, Kendall, how you doing, man? Hey, I am well. Michael, how about yourself? Hello. Hello to you, guest. Yo. You know, I can only speak for, uh, as a male, uh, that was, I guess I would be considered a baby boom. Okay. But I do remember going through what happened in the 60s with the Johnson Great Society where they took the fathers out of the house. And mothers became the mother and the father in most cases. When they ended welfare, then they started giving the mothers jobs and training, things that they were not given to the fathers. They were not allowing the fathers to have relationships. And in those situations where they did, they used child support as a weapon still to keep the family separated. Because most fathers, a black man was not working. If they go back and they do a statistical study on black men from the 60s till now and and calculate their income and put that up against uh, white families where the Mm -hmm. father was in the home, had a job, that whereas a black person would have to work two, maybe three jobs to earn as much as the white guy. And so what ended up happening, I think, has been a role reversal. Rather 
talking about male masculinity. To me, it's about female masculinity. And these women, specifically the black women, will stand up to a man in a minute and, in some instances, do dirt. And the black man really has no recourse. He has no power. When you say he do dirt, no Michael, income. please expound. Um, which part, point? When you say do dirt, women will do dirt. Well, they, because they are pissed off at their husbands or boyfriends running around saying, I can't find a good black man, which means that he's not rich, he's not driving a, a, a Benz, he doesn't look like Denzel Washington, he doesn't have a pocket full of money. They're not looking at black men with the hearts that want to be the father, that wants to be a part of their child's life, that might like to have a relationship. But it seems like these women, once they have escalated to where they are now, they've been self-sufficient. You know what I'm saying at all times? I don't need a man. And when you have that type of situation, the whole psychology and the dynamic and the paradigm has shifted into something else now and to try to i'm assuming we're going to come to some solutions if we can eventually uh, resolve this but our society now glorifies material things yes. they glor we're going to fly we glorify the bling and as a result of that the black man who hasn't been able to get an education in instances has now a criminal record uh, is basically in an impossible situation to where he is ever going to be the head of his household. And that's my final point. When the black man is not the head of his household, because somebody's got to got to take charge, and maybe the, the wife is doing that. You know, I let my wife and, and I absolutely, do the bill. And, and I let a person. Sure, you know, sure. And I don't mean to cut you off, Michael, but go ahead, wrap it up for me, because I, I, I got to get ready to get up out of this segment. But I, well, I, I get where I, you're at with I, this. Go ahead. We, we, have to have a, we have to have an opportunity to get the fathers back engaged with the young men role models, To I mean, to be the role model. So the father, I mean, you can have these mentors and these other role models to come in, but the bottom line, if they have no relationship in terms of family, in terms of what a marriage is supposed to be, how you're supposed to behave in a marriage when the whole paradigm is shifted. And, and the men can no longer, in my view, there's some. I'm not, whenever I talk, I'm never trying to say this is the case in every situation. But Yeah, Michael, I'm sorry. I had to get ready. I had to let you go. I, I got to get ready to get up out of this segment. Thank you so very much for your contribution. David, um, so yeah. back to you. Um, hope is, and hope this is to summarize this entire, you know, female male toxicity as it relates to, you know, everything that we're discussing here this evening. Mm. And interestingly enough, of course, this is Pride Week, and so there is a lot of conversation surrounding pride. There mm -hmm. are some folks on my social media uh, timeline who are really against pride. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in a negative way, but saying, oh, my God, like how many days do we have to go through and how, why, why do we have to sit through this? But it ties into exactly the discussion that we're having yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So I turn it back over to you. So, so you know, w one of the challenges I have for, for, for humans is let humans be humans. I, I think that the challenge is – so the reason why uh, I, I helped connect uh, Southside Help Center and, and AHF to Pride Southside this year was because uh, over the, my course of being in the field of HIV and, and STDs and, S and STIs in our community, I've recognized that there has been a lack of comprehensive um, safe spaces for people of color. 
uh, when they go up north, it's not safe. And, and I, I, I can explain that. I've, I've been a, arrested for being black. I, I have been accosted for being black. Um, so this year, one of the challenges that I had was I, I was there, there was a charge put on my life of, of knowing the damage that has happened in our community with trauma. And I did not get $100,000 in student loan debt to allow for my education to, to stop me from my community. And trauma is just not just, it's, it's just it, it, it goes across all fields. Got it. And if an individual has, to me, the gumption to question a, uh, the LGBTQI community on why they want a safe space. Yeah. Why they want a safe space. Mm, mm, get it. Get it, get it. Get Why do you want a safe space? We got to ask ourselves, are we really hearing what we're saying? Why do you, who are different from me, want a safe space? When we begin to really hear ourselves, we'll recognize why people want a safe space. And I had to, I'm only here because I had to learn how to hear what I was saying to myself. And self-talk is the biggest and most effective talk because it's the inner dialogue that affects. It's the inner me, but it's also the inner me. And so I think a lot of us have to check the inner me, which has become the inner me, the people who look just like us. Man, I certainly appreciate your time and you being here this evening. I know, uh, man, listen, uh, I got to have you back. Gen Xer, um, millennial guy, you're doing your thing. Hope Hope is helping, loving people everywhere. If what we do in life is not engineered, is not gassed, is not sufficed by love, we are out of alignment with the universe. Speaking a little bit about your organization, tell us a little bit more. Hope, hope is. is. That's, that's the foundation. Hope is. Um, I got the word hope at 51st and Cottage Grove, uh, leaving Provident Hospital. I didn't know what hope meant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that hope meant to expect greatness. Um, and what I recognized over the course of, of, of my work was really um, I, I went from talking about hope to uh, saying that hope is to now recognizing that hope has to be seen, not spoken about. Got it. People got to see what a positive imagination looks like. And so for me, a lot of my work is the all is well. <laughs> I have a trauma-informed uh, program coming out. Uh, it's called All Is Well because the power of words is so important. And people who have been traumatized have got to shift their negative words for more proactive words because what a, as a man thinketh, so, does so a man is he. Be, yeah, absolutely. So how can people get involved? Give us the contact yeah. information. How do, how do people contribute to this So movement? if you want to donate, Please donate. We're a 501c3. Uh, it is the hopeis.org. We've got the all is well pin. Um, it is helping to fund these trauma-informed programs. My desire is to make sure that our community gets the help that they need. To my believers, whatever you are, whatever belief you are, pray, ask for wisdom, and get a therapist. Because we all need to talk about it, to write about it, to color about it. We've got to get our trauma out of our minds and, 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 and into a space where we can feel safe to release it. Because you cannot receive more when you have not released anything. 
Thank you again for being here, David. I certainly appreciate it. I love y'all. Thank you so much for having me here. You already know it's much love. It's so much love. All right, folks, it's the Kendall Moore Show. more to come. Uh, Don't touch the dial. When we return, we start the roundtable discussion. We're back in a moment. Kendall Moore on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. I certainly appreciated uh, Brother David for stopping by and uh, blessing us with his presence. Very, very interesting conversation, and it's one of those Everglades. Everglades meaning that we will continuously have conversations with regards to masculine and female uh, toxicity. And the reason for it is because we live in such a society that it, it's just it, it, we can't do nothing but talk about it. There is so much that's going on in our society and particularly what's going on in the United States of America with the orange one who's sitting uh, on Capitol Hill right now and all of the dumb things that he is doing, and then all of the other populations that are under attack. Many of you guys who follow me on Facebook, you saw my uh, my Facebook page. It's Again, it's the Kendall D. Moore Show. Uh, that's the Facebook page where, you know, immigration and what's going on with immigration. You saw the father and the child. Uh, on my page, who had drowned, and not to you know make it make this show to, to be a downer for lack of a better term, but rather uh, just bring it uh, to fruition and what it is that we are dealing with. Um, Trump is absolutely he's out of control and he's showing out. Kamala Harris and what she did with Joe Biden yesterday uh, and breaking down how she felt not just as a woman, not just as a black woman, but as a human being, as we are so eloquently discussing here this evening, it really brings in it brings into perspective why these conversations are necessary and why when it comes to African-Americans and communities of color, we are consistently being minimalized. Everything, everything about who we are and what we represent is minimalized, like literally and figuratively as well. Turning the page on that, I want you guys to make sure that you are keeping your eyes on the 2020 presidential campaign. And the reason for it is because, you know, American society, and this is just the glass that I'm looking out of, the the eyeglasses that I'm looking out of, uh, you know, it's Joe Biden who they want us to get behind and support. It's either Joe Biden or it's Bernie Sanders. And I want you guys to think about that for a second. Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. CNN, MSNBC, they can't say enough good things about why, and they do it indirectly, why these two gentlemen should be the front contenders to lead the Democratic Party to the next uh, presidential seat. 
I would humbly disagree. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, they really are showing out. And it speaks to where we are in our society right now with regards to girl power and women. We showed out here in the state of Illinois, and we, we are still showing out with all the women who have been elected and across the country, the highest that it has ever been in the nation's history when it comes to Capitol Hill, here in the state of Illinois. You've heard all of the jargon. You've heard all of the conversations here at WVON. And now we're talking about the highest office in the land, and we're talking about two women. To tie that back into the conversation that we just had about femininity, and I know I'm pronouncing it uh, incorrectly, but uh, masculinity, right? Men, and I'm, I'm speaking comprehensively, some men are threatened right now. Men are threatened because they don't know how to, where their footing falls when it comes to where their place is in this world right now. Women are leading boardrooms. They are CEOs. They are, you know, leading in the field of entrepreneurship. And they certainly are teaching our children. And now we're talking about running the country. Keep your eye on the 2020 presidential campaign and what is going on. When the wind blows, you know, it shifts. It, it, it shifts. Coming up in just a second, I am very excited to announce the roundtable discussion. Last week, I kicked it off, and the roundtable discussion, again, I bring innovative, unique individuals and invite them to the table for a roundtable discussion, and the conversation centers around a plethora of things, from entertainment to news to politics to religion. you thinking about it. You're talking about it. Social media is talking about it then we're talking about it on the roundtable discussion. Coming up, I, I have my uh, guests who are going to be here this evening, uh, and it, it, we, we have, a, we have a, a very special segment in store for you uh, this evening. Sarita Love is definitely in the building. She's a mom. She's an author. She's a personal branding and marketing professional. She's the owner of Success Junkie, Achievement Lifestyle Brand, and she gets people hooked on positive habits that are life-changing. Very, I'm looking very forward to having a conversation with her. She probably could be David's uh, opposite. You know, you know how people have twins in this world? <laughs> <laughs> because her energy is just, is just, just that. Uh, also joining me uh, this evening for tonight's roundtable is Kevin Iverson. I don't know, you know, I don't even have a bio in front of me, but what I can tell you about this young man. Not only is he a principal, former principal, former coach, consistently uh, owns his own mentorship um, uh, organization and a contributor to the community when it relates to young African-American men, males, and or females who, are, who have uh, challenges in their lives. Those two individuals... Uh, joining me here this evening, folks, is going to make sure that you are tuned in. And I want to make sure that you guys are a part of the conversation. And the number to connect is 312-374-8130. And how you become a part of the roundtable discussion is hit me up on my social media and also follow me on my social media. For Facebook, it's at the Kendall D. Moore Show. And for Instagram, it is at the Kendall Moore Show. 
a lot of folks have been uh, hitting me up saying I want to sign up, I want to be a part of it. You can do that, so just make sure you hit me up there. All right, in the meantime, I'll take a quick break, then I will bring back my guests, and uh, we'll get the roundtable discussion underway. Listen, I hope you guys are enjoying your Friday, because it is absolutely beautiful outside. To Kendall Moore Show. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. All right, folks, of course, here at WVON, today's innovator is George Clinton. And many of you who follow the show, you guys know that I am one of those Omega men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. So uh, on behalf of the men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, please allow me to uh, uh, let Atomic Doll take you to the break. I'll be back after eight. Dogs of the world unite. Dancing dogs. Yeah. Counting dogs. Funky dogs. Nasty dogs. to Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation on the Talk of Chicago 1690 AM WVON Got something to say. Time to have more time day. Can the night cap 
fight back, it's in our ways. Our impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Time to add more to our day. Can the night cap, we fight back, it's in our ways. Our impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Time to add more to our day. Can the night cap, we fight back, it's in our ways. Our impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. This is 1690 AM WBON. It's Kendall Moore Show. It's time for the round table discussion. Each and every Friday night from 8 until 9 p.m., I bring in two to three to four very uh, unique panelists to uh, have a discussion surrounding different topics from entertainment, breaking news, entertainment, religion. Anything up under the sun. So I'm glad to have my uh, roundtable participants seated. In the meantime, the taste of WVON is Saturday, July 20th on the grounds of Chicago State University, which is located at 9500 South on King Drive. It's an all-day family affair featuring over 125 food and retail vendors. There's going to be a senior's pavilion, a children's pavilion, and a whole lot of music on the Wintrust soundstage. And... Folks, I'm telling you, this year's uh, Taste of VON is nothing short of spectacular. Simone Green will be there. Denise Williams is going to be in the building. Avery Sunshine, my girl MC Light. And, of course, the headliner is Atlantic Star. Make sure that you visit the thetasteofwvon.com for more information on limited preferred seating. I want to make sure that all of you guys are out Saturday, July 20th. The roundtable discussion. Let's get it popping. You know, a lot of people are looking forward to this. Let me introduce again my uh, my guest this evening for the roundtable uh, the roundtable discussion, Miss Sarita Love. Many of you guys know her. Uh, she's a mom. She's an author, a personal branding and marketing professional, the owner of Success Junkie, achievement lifestyle brand, and she also gets people hooked on positive habits that are life changing. Brother Kevin Iverson, coach, principal. Uh, mentor, probation officer, uh, surrogate dad, uh, godfather, and all, and real dad, and all, and all of the above. Certainly appreciate you being here as well. And then I got a visitor visiting out of visiting out of Texas. I was just in Texas earlier this week. Sister Trisha Hughes certainly appreciate Sister Trish being here as well. But all three of the roundtable guests, welcome to tonight's program. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. So, all right, so let's get it cracking. Let's get it cracking. So, the roundtable discussion. So, what is trending in the world of everybody? What's been happening around the world? Of course, the Fourth of July is coming up. Barbecue time. Here's here's the first thing that everybody's on the internet uh, clowning and talking about, and I feel them in some type of way. When friends bring random partners. To the barbecue. So let me set the stage for you guys, right? I'm a married guy. My wife has friends who have been in relationships or they're single. But that girlfriend got multiple dudes, right? You know, every other, every other, every six months she with a different dude. Hey, Kim, hey, huh? Look, you know, my girl, whatever, whatever, I love her to death, but she got a different. It, 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 how's that? Well, they broke up. 
my question to the round table. I want to ask you guys, like, think about this, because the 4th of July is coming up, and I promise you, there are people right now saying, can I invite such and such, can it be me plus one? Can it be me plus one? As a male, I am asking, is it okay, Kevin, I want to start with you. Yes, sir. For your significant other, girlfriend, to bring a different boo, are you comfortable with that? I would be to an extent. Uh, I would definitely say, um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay. I would definitely say that uh, if my wife has a friend that has multiple friends that she brings to my house, um, most barbecues are going to be outside. Um, but I would definitely have a conversation with my wife and let her know that, um, you know, it's, it's just difficult bringing another male into a household, uh, especially once you pay the mortgage and you are <laughs> the, the head of the household. Right, right, you know, right, so right. it's like, um, you know, you might need to have a conversation with your friend. Um, not necessarily no disrespect to anyone, but uh, you definitely want to have some boundaries uh, once you have people over to your house. All right. So that sounded very politically correct. I want to put it in uh, layman terms, right, if, if, if we were sitting in the barbershop. Because me personally, I am not allowing my significant other or my wife or whoever it is like, if your girlfriend on the real and she got a, her girlfriend got multiple dudes that she's dealing with, right. he's not welcome to my career. Yeah. He's right. just not. I don't know him. And if you're falling out of love, in and out of love, every other day, every other month, every six months, hell no, he ain't coming to my career. How am I about to let a stranger in right. just because she humping on him? No, <laughs> that ain't that ain't what I'm doing. And, and I mean, and that's, that's a difficult decision because... I'm not necessarily knowing who my wife's friends are okay. as much as, I mean, who they're dealing with as much as the people that would come to my house. So if, you know, we're counting on the a, on a, on a scale and you got three people or four people throughout the year, you know, that would be difficult for me. All right. So, mm. so how is that different from the, the guys bringing the females around it's not i mean um, yes I the man is more dominant and you don't want a man in your house but a female she can just come on in and not necessarily and i don't think females just necessarily yeah come i was gonna in, say so I, don't think, I want you to jump in on this I don't, I don't i don't think that a, a guy should bring four or five people around either at any type of event uh, if it's in the calendar year, if that's what we're talking about. Uh, I mean, <laughs> He's if in you, a calendar if, year. If, if you bring it, if, you, that, right? yeah. if you bring in four or five people around throughout the calendar year, you know, that's just, yeah. that's tough. I, I think there should be a culture established amongst right. um, couples, and this is coming from a single woman's perspective. Um, I was just um, invited into a really elaborate home um, maybe a week ago, and um, I was, you know, just honored to be invited into that space, and they were just the wife of the house. We just gave her, like, a round of applause for, like, opening up their private space because that's sacred. You know, so you're bringing all of these random people. It's so much deeper than those extended relationships. You know, it's a culture. So if whether we're married or not, if we have friends and we know that they have different types of relationships, I think there should be just some ground rules where it's like, right. yo, that you know, is. you got this routine right, right, that right. doesn't align with the culture that we agree upon as singles, couples, you know, um, just as friends. You right. know, so it's just respecting the code, you know. I don't think strangers should just be. So I repose a question then. So from a, from a, from a woman's standpoint, right? You, I, I'm a married guy. 
my wife knows that I I'm a cute dog, so I got friends. Hurt, who hurt, I, hurt. Yeah, I, my, she knows that I have friends who are cute dogs, and mm-hmm. we love the cute. We love the bros, right? But nonetheless, though, I have single friends, and they are not necessarily in monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm not going to have him bring one of his thoughts of jump-offs to my crib. I don't even have to ask. That's th- that's a to. no-no. Right. So I would I would expect the same. Like, like women know. Like, girl, I know what you're doing, so don't disrespect my husband and don't disrespect right. my house. Yes. Because everybody to them is special. Oh, no, he the one. Exactly, exactly. For six months. Yeah. But that's on the person that's going to invite. That's on the person who friend it is. Because all of my friends going to respect me and my household. Right, right, right. You know, at the end of the day. So if you're just going to bring anybody around, you're going to say, well, I'm going over his house. No, I ain't going to bring you today. So, so, so what's the cutoff? What's the official thing? So how, what do we, how do we accept the official, who's the official boot? Who the what like how what's the timeline on? You can bring the official boo over to the crib, and so maybe every six months we can uh, recalibrate, and then you can bring another one over. Like what what's the official recalibration for the official boo to be brought over to the crib? You should know that boo is official before the the public <laughs> the public <laughs> affairs. Like I feel like you guys have, should have done something social, like drinks or something like that, way before the barbecue. You know, if you don't know Tasha. Oh, because you met Tasha last week. Tasha ain't invited us to the barbecue. Got it. Got it. Where you at with it? I agree. It, I believe you just have to have those boundaries already set. And as a friend, you know if your friend, uh, you know who to invite and who not to invite or tell them when that party is or that, that picnic, you know? I'm going to so. tell you, it is very uncomfortable. And people have these conversations all the time. Once the people leave. Like, mm-hmm. who was that? <laughs> I never met her. First. Like, I never met her. <laughs> and then it's a big argument. So that's the one who you be going out with him, yeah. and every time I see him, then he got somebody else. You know, who who, 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 who bop the bang. Then you guys got those strange relatives, though. You know, like, you have a co- cohesive unit right now. So you, you have a married environment. So it might not be your wife. It might be your wife's best friend or a sister. Like, babe, you know, so now... You know, some people are socially awkward. I mean, there are levels to what you bring into your personal space. You know, so it's 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 so much deeper than, you know, how serious that relationship is. It's like you respecting your boy, you respecting your girl and and their home. All right. You know? All right, folks. So we we're gonna take the calls and we return. I gotta take a break. Three one two three seven four eighty one thirty. That's the number. Jay, you're coming up in just a second. We're talking about the fourth of July barbecue. Uh, pre-barbecue, and then there's another question that I want to attach to it. Do you bring the new boo? Kendall Moore Show. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore. Radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
after the hour. We'll be back with the Kingdom Morrison. All right, folks. So let's go to social media. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who's checking in on Facebook Live right now. Go to one of my brothers on uh, on my Facebook page right now. He's always checking in. So his his comment is, the women must be official. Bringing different women around will only lead to trouble. Playing games with people, feelings, ain't no joke. The same principles apply to women also as it does to men. Listen, we were taking a little break, uh, and we're going to move on to the, the rest of the roundtable uh, uh, topics. Here's the thing. It's dangerous these days. Women play games. Hmm. Men do too, but I have not heard of a woman coming to a, a, an event and shooting the place up hmm. or calling a girl saying, he live, she lives right here, come get him. On the flip side, when it comes to men, we have to be extremely careful for who we allow in our household, in our homes, and around our families. That's our home. Mm-hmm. That's where you live. That's where you live. Yeah. Ain't no every Tom, Dick, and Harry about to walk up into my crib. I don't care who your girl is. It could be your mama. If your mama got two or three uh, boyfriends, your mama got two or three guys. <laughs> no, ma. That, uh, your mama can't bring, dude. Uh, I don't know him. That's the society that we live in, and that's just the piece that I want to give to you guys. So, again, as we get ready to conclude that, and it's the 4th of July weekend. Um, hell, let's go to the phone lines and see what people think. Jay, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Hey. You know, um, I only listened to a few minutes of the um, show before I called. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, what if this person... Uh, that you're close to a family member or um, a close friend, they're bringing quality people over. Maybe they, you know, they're dealing with different people. Somebody may be a teacher or, you know, um, have a small business or maybe recently divorced, you know, and, um, you know, they got into this relationship with this person. You know, um, it, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, it might help if, uh, if they bring in uh, quality people to be a little supportive. I, I, I'm thinking uh, in my personal situation, it came to my mind immediately um, back in the uh, 90s. Um, I had this uh, uh, beautiful uh, Muslim woman. She's a good person. Um, I was, uh, and it was around the 4th, I think it was the 4th of July. It's one of those summer holidays. I think it was the 4th. And uh, I was going to bring her to uh, my parents' house, uh, but uh, I decided not to because I thought my parents may say something negative toward me. They may turn her against me. You know, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say basically that if you got somebody close to you, and uh, I mean, question them about the person, you know, give, give an idea, you know, where they are, you know, before you totally dismissed them bringing a different person to your house. Hey, Jay, thanks very much. I got to get to the rest of the callers. Go ahead, Kev. Uh, Jay, I would say definitely um, if you have a special person and you've spent that time with that person, then it's only right for you to bring them around the people that you love because you're going to want to share that love with those people. But uh, the difference is bringing multiple people around is you personally have to get to know that person before you start bringing them around in other people. Order. Because in at the end order. of the day, she might see somebody that she used to mess with at the barbecue, and then they leave with her, and then you sit there like, what happened? So, um, you know, I think that you have to spend that time personally 
with that person first before you get to the, expanding on uh, you know the people that you're bringing around. And women, I'm not. I'm giving y'all this game for free. I'm giving you this game for free. Do not bring the new boo or somebody that you in love with. He's not invited, and unless you get unless you get clearance, he could be the president of the United States, and you just start dating him. I don't care what his occupation is or how clean of a guy he is. I don't know him. Yeah. I don't know him. Not to my house. I don't know him. My wife knows you. I don't know him. I think what was interesting about the caller, <laughs> he was... She's um, like, yeah, next topic. All right, all right, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Go ahead, go he, ahead. He Sharice. was more concerned about what his parents were going to say. I was worried, too. I was like, well, what were they going to say? He said she was a good woman, wholesome woman, but he Might was worried about... <laughs> uh, well, all right, so, so it's the 4th of July. It's coming that up. That was funny. Do we get upset because people bring, um, they bring boxes and aluminum foil to the barbecue, too? Do we allow them to do that? Don't no. be generic pop to my party. <laughs> <laughs> Serena, let me start with you. What What did you bring to the table? I mean, but do you bring, can, can can we bring, should people bring? Like, even your family members. First of all, I, let me say this. Yeah. If you, if your family is having a barbecue, and the only thing that you are in charge of is bringing ice and soda. You can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's 100. Well, go get the dessert from Jules or no. whatever, right? Don't even do that. <laughs> that ice and paper plates. Okay. So, should people bring aluminum foil and uh, like over, you know, use Jules bags, you know, to wrap their food up? Do we allow that to happen in your household? So let me start with the ladies. Uh, unfortunately, we allow it in some cases. I think it's levels to it. So we're you know, how is it levels, levels to, to it? Levels to low level is the plastic bags and all of that. High level is. You're actually, the family who's hosting the barbecue, they're actually prepared to send you out with the food. Right. It's the flip side. So it's levels to it. Oh. So, so it's tacky. Trish, <laughs> you got to talk into the microphone. I say wait till they clean wait up. Till and they we clean in the kitchen. Up. And, oh, y'all want to take a plate? Let's do that. Because you don't know. They they might want that food for later. Or, yeah. yeah. No, but oftentimes people awful. already come in. They already know. I'm the way I ain't, I'm, hold on. I, and, I, <laughs> you know, I want my auntie them cussing me out. <laughs> Well, hold on. I ain't that hungry, but I do. I'm going to take a little plate of something home with me, you know. And then the plates are smorgasbord. You're taking half of the food, right? You got to be OG status. That got to be like 60 plus years old. Who can do all that? that. Yeah. All right. After after 60, you can do whatever you want to. You can take whatever you want to. But if you're not 60. What about the liquor? If you bring a bottle, do you leave it or do you take it with you? Oh, no, sir. That's disrespect. <laughs> you, you leave the liquor, you guys. Leave yeah. the Trish, do you leave the liquor? Leave it. And leave first it. off, don't Y'all bring radio. That's, that's the only reason that you <laughs> guys are <laughs> saying that. No. Now, you know if you took your bottle, and ain't nobody no. cracked but just a little bit of it. Oh, and we take it back. So how much do you bring? First off, it's disrespect. If you don't. What if you didn't even open it, though? If you bring something that you don't personally drink, but then you bring something and you drink all of my good stuff. No, no, sir. But people do that. I know people do. And that's a gift. It's a <laughs> gift to the host. For instance, if I'm coming exactly. to a male friend's house and he has a wife, I would ask what his wife's favorite drink is. Things like that I would consider. Uh, ask what my you know, favorite who's drink hosting. is. Ask what your favorite yeah, drink yeah. is. Bring what I drink. It depends. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> If we're t- if we're drinking top vodka, so we're doing like Belvedere or Grey Goose. Maybe that's not top to you guys, but and, and we, we got fifths sitting on the counter, and you bring in 
a bottle of Dimitri, right? If you bring that fifth of Dimitri, you better drink that. But you're drinking out of the Belvedere bottle, and you're going to come on. That's disrespect. Oh man! All right, I just thought I'd ask That's that question. All, that. all right, let's, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, Cheryl Harvey, Cheryl, Cheryl Harvey on my Facebook page says, "Big shout to Cheryl Harvey, man. Love to you and your family. Big shout to Keith Harvey out there and the whole, the whole entire Harvey clan." Cheryl says, "It's uh, it's tacky. Leave the bottle." I agree, right. Cheryl. All right, thanks, Cheryl. We certainly appreciate you chiming in. All right, turning the page, right? We turn the page. <laughs> Earlier this week, Prince William was asked how he would feel if his child identified as being LGBTQI, right? The reason I bring it up is because because we're celebrating Pride this week. We've, we've celebrated it for the entire month, uh, but this week sp- specifically, this Sunday, Lori Lightfoot, you know, what's going on. Uh, Southside Pride has already taken place, as you mm-hmm. heard David talk about, but Prince William's. He was asked, how would he feel if his child identifies as being LGBTQ? So I mm. want to ask you guys. And then there's been a lot of conversation here in Chicago because of the fact that Lori Lightfoot is same gender loving sister. Yeah. Um, and she's doing what, you know, that, that's who she is. And so it's been accepted. It's of course, and it should be. Mm. Um, but your thoughts on that as individuals. Trish, I'm going to start with you because I've been starting with everybody else. If in fact you were asked if your child identified as LGBTQ, if you support your child or not, would you do it? Would you, what, what would your thoughts be? Please speak into the microphone. Um, I mean, of course, you would want your child to be, um, I guess, as normal as possible into society, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, I mean, I think the best thing to give a child is support with any decision that they, they want to do. And... Um, I don't know. I think it's a touchy, a touchy question. You know, of course, I don't want my young man to be associated in that 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 group. But um, I don't know. That's a tough question. All right. I, I would say no. I wouldn't approve. But you wouldn't then, approve. as a parent, you have to support and figure out what led you here. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I, I didn't raise you that way. You didn't see those things. But we live in a world today that. You know, they they can become that way or see things and think that they're that way. I don't know. I just right. want, I just want to be right. that teacher and guide them through whatever it is that they're going through. Got it, Sarita. What where you at with it? I I would get educated on how to respond because I think I would be totally caught off guard. Um, exactly. Most times, um, in fa- in my family or in situations close to me, I learned that there was um, some sort of abuse tied to that. Mm-hmm. So I would want to get to the root of. You know, why are we here? You know, did something happen to you up to this point? Or, you know, are there some other things we need to, you know, discover so I can, because I'm a public figure, you know, so people would know that my child identifies as whatever. Because now we have non-binary. We have like thirty different ideas. Oh, no, no, absolutely, now, yeah. You know? I mean, so, the entire alphabet, and then some, some, some numbers associated nowadays. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would need to get the definition of it. I would get counseling, and obviously, I would support. But I would figure out the best way how right. to, you know, properly represent. Speaking my of child. which, so we, we're talking about like Magic Johnson and his sons doing, you know, you know what he's doing and very successful in, in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, just as recently, just a couple of days ago, participated in the Pride out there. Uh, Dwayne Wade, him and Gabriel Union were sending out pictures about mm-hmm. 
his son, you know, and that's a really interesting story to me because Wade is from Chicago. You know, him and his wife had that whole big thing going on with who should be the the caretaker, and now he's out in L.A. and, you know, in Miami and, like, living this, you know, that bigger lifestyle than what Huge. we are accustomed to. Exactly. And now, you know, Wade is supporting his son, uh, the Smiths, um, Jada and Will. Not to say, I don't know, you know, where, where their children are right. relative to their sexuality, but the question still remains, and that's that question. So, Kevin, I ask you, mm-hmm. if in fact, the you know, would you support your 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 child about, you know, being LGBTQI? I think initially as a, a black man coming from the west side of Chicago, um, you are disappointed or hurt um, Damn. at the beginning. I got to stop you. Why? Because that's just not what we grew up on. Um, I know times are different, uh, but eventually I think love will prevail, and you're going to have that love for your child regardless. Mm-hmm. But I think the initial response is to something went wrong or or hurt because of that. You know, and that's just uh, basically what I grew up on and how I was raised. So I know times are different, and and everything else is you know more open. Uh, the internet, I think, mm-hmm. has grown up our children a lot faster than what they need to grow yeah, up yeah, at. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> social media, of course, uh, along with the internet and stuff like that. But um, it, growing up in the '90s and '80s. Uh, you know, you heard about stuff, and you, but now you can just go on the internet, look at mm-hmm. stuff that happens in Europe, and you can look at stuff that happens in wherever over the world. So, so it does grow up our children a lot faster mm-hmm. than what they need to grow up. Um, I think that sexuality is pushed on our children at an earlier age, and that we didn't have to deal with. I mean, we were worried about playing football right. and basketball. And now it's like, okay, what sexuality are you at at twelve? Are we checking in? Are we are we checking in with our children? Like, do we need to be checking in with our children at earlier ages now? Yes. Like on, on, on some real yes. on some real questions. Like at what age? Like, do you like boys like or do you like girls? Five, like seven, at, six. <laughs> yeah. and, and and dealing with children working in education. They know. Yes. They know. And at They're like five years old, they coming in at. Pre-K because mm-hmm. they see yeah. what my mom. You does. said pre-K. Yes, they sir. do. They see what my mom does, and it's like, okay, this is what it is. Um, or you know, you got to have that conversation, and if it's okay, depending on the parent, they might push that on them, and it's not fair. I don't think because stuff don't get pushed on you, but you decide to uh, determine your fate for your children before they can even. You bring up an interesting point. <clears throat> Sarita, I'm put, pulling this over to you. Yeah. So it's pushed on them, but what about when same gender loving couples adopt children? Is that being pushed on the children that are adopted, or are they allowing their children to choose? their own sexuality. How, how do you allow right. something? If that's if they see daddy and daddy and mommy and mommy, that is what they identify. I mean, it's almost instantaneous. 
you know, I mean, although you go to school and they may see mommy and daddy's more, it's more common, but um, that's the mirror, children mirror. That's like the young man in the household with the single mom. He sees mom's behaviors and he comes to school. His demeanor is that way because that's all he sees. He comes to school with a female teacher, mostly female educators. Um, I mean, where are the men, you know, if, if there are no uncles or no grandpas or, you know, if they're not visible, that's the mirror that he or she is looking at. What about Dwayne Wade? Him and Gabriel Union, they we have We saw a- that many years ago, though. Look at those photos of that baby. Mm. We saw that when he was like four or five, the, his mannerisms and things like that. It would have a lot to do. We're not even factoring genetics into the equation. Now, that's a whole entirely different debate, but we don't know what that young man has been exposed to. And it's also the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, being in the NBA... Uh, like Dwayne Wade, and you know you're on the road constantly, which is and you know about that lifestyle. You're ex basketball player, Absolutely. man, and all of that Absolutely. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know, being in that Magic Johnson, you know, in LA, that's a different culture that most African American children or just children based period are raised up in. Mm. You know? I would beg to differ. I think that it, it anyway. Let me take some callers. My producer said, please take the calls. All right, let's go to Campbell. Campbell, how are you? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. We got Campbell? All right, let's go to Tommy. Tommy, brother Tommy, what's going on, bro? Well, you know what? Let let me say this to you like this, man, because this is the only way I I can say it. You know, see, once upon a time, there was a time when parents and children uh, commiserated together. Uh, from the moment that uh, children were left uh, to their own and the uh, connection to their information uh, came through uh, the, the TV sets and, and social media uh, with these apps where they could go on that blocked their privacy uh, and uh, parents and stuff uh, began to go along with this. Okay, it's, it's good to just get along, give them time out, don't this, don't that. This is why we are where we are. Mm. Unfortunately, I thank God, man, that, you know, none of my children uh, have gone through uh, some of the stuff that uh, other parents are, are, are dealing with. And unfortunately, they are our children. But the bigger issue on all of this is when is enough enough? Uh, you know, first I want to be known as being gay. Okay. Now I want to be married. Okay. Now I want to leave a will and testimony. Okay. Now I want to adopt children. Okay. So there just doesn't seem to be a, a ending road to all of this. And and the bottom line to it is is, is that at, at, at some point, man, enough has got to be enough, man, because whatever individuals are doing behind closed doors, it's enough for me not to even know about it. Mm. Love you, Kendall. Hey, love you back, Tommy. Interesting. Great feedback. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Appreciate that. You know, always another Everglade topic. Another Everglade topic, but it's mm. extremely befitting because we're here right now. It's pride. If David Robertson was sitting behind his microphone, oh. I promise y'all, no one would have a Fireworks. word to say. Fireworks. <laughs> it would not, we, we, we would not uh, get a word in. All right, I got to take one last break. I certainly appreciate my roundtable people being here. We take the final break, and then we return uh, because the next topic is about Aisha Curry. I want to talk about women. And the women, you know, your man is rich. Why do you need to be on Jimmy Kimmel? It's the Kendall Moore Show. (laughs) 
It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. And, of course, the roundtable discussion is always something that I look very forward to. Again, if you guys want to be a part of the roundtable discussion, make sure you hit me up at the Kendall D. Moore Show at gmail.com. I love these conversations. These are trending topics, Everglade topics that we have from politics to the poll pit. Email me, Show at gmail.com. All right, folks. We turn the page. Aisha Curry, I'm so tired of her. I am so tired of her. In a, re- in, a, in a recent interview, Aisha Curry, she admits that she sends her husband, Steph Curry, hundreds of new photos to keep their marriage spicy while he is on the road. She then says that she's afraid of them being leaked and he won't delete them off his phone. Um, that's one part of it, right? So that's that one part. I'm going to compartmentalize this and just leave it right there. Boom. All right. So let's start there. Wifey sending you or boo, or you the boo, at least for that six months, right. you the boo, <laughs> and boo asks you, what's that doing in here? Here's the thing. Do you send the flicks? Do you send the flicks and keep them in your phone? Do you want your wife, guys, 312-374-8130, that is the number. Ladies, the same thing for you, because there are a lot of women who are entrepreneurs who travel a lot. Are they asking for the same type of photos? Do you send these photos to your significant other in order to keep them engaged with you as you travel in your busy uh, in your busy life? So, but Aisha Curry, I got more to say about her. So let's let's go around the table. Let's talk about that. And of course, I'm looking directly at you, Serena. <laughs> I am all for the nudes, but here here you go, you guys. Ladies, ladies, no faces, no faces, no tattoos. He he should know what it is. You should be just showing what he is missing. If that's not your husband, I'm all for the nudes. I'm all for the nudes, but you should not be able to identify me at a later date if things. But hell, with out. all of the tattoos and everything, we know the pimple. We know the. Uh, we know all of that. Mm-mm. The moles, we know We know all of that. Yeah? yeah? No? Mm-mm. Trish, going to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do we send the nakeds to the significant other? Uh, I say yes. 
I'm for it, but it has to be that person that you are exclusively with. You know, being a single woman, you do have your friends, but you got to have that one, mm -hmm. you know, that you only do that for. You can't do it for everybody, you know? I agree. So that's where I'm at with it. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. If you, if you got a person that you with, you know, I think that you should do anything that you need but to do to make But that man should secure you, you as well. Though. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, if that's the person you with right. on both ends, right. as a woman and a man, um, I think if you with that person like that and, you know, you rocking with them, you should do whatever it takes to, to keep it fresh, keep it, keep it new, keep it, um, you know, keep it interesting. How many people lose their phones? How many people sit their phones down? How many people get drunk and they boys be like, man, dog, call my girl, or dog, take this picture, for, and mm -hmm. then don't swipe left, and then now you got you got all of the good. Lock, you need lock. With, with, the, with the phone technology right now, I mean, I can't even barely get in my own phone without you know, <laughs> uh, a social security Changing number nothing. and all type of stuff. So that that. All excuses as far as, you know, I lost my phone. You know, you can't get in the phone to get so, nobody. So we have a quorum. Everybody is saying that we should be sending, if, in fact, our significant other is suggesting no. and asking for those photos. If that's we what you're into, doing. yes. Yeah. So. so she was good. She's good at doing that. Yes, sir. But I think she's been doing that because mm -hmm. uh -oh. she wants his shine as well. And don't, I don't want women to blame me. Mm -hmm. I, I look at y'all looking at me with your piercing eyes. <laughs> My thing is, why, why is she on Jimmy Kimmel? Why is she doing all of this extra stuff when she already has her bag? He's That's not what I'm asking. He's, nah. not, he's not making her feel comfortable in some way, shape, or form. Nah, that's, don't, you don't I think don't think so? any man makes a Come woman on, feel comfortable. I mean, she's she on the front row of every game of the women. NBA. There's insecure men. It just got blown up out of proportion, I believe. Exactly. No, come on. She was just making a stop. simple statement. Yes. You know, this is my husband, but y'all, you know. It was I'm simple. Here. It was a simple statement. No, I mean, it, it was simple. Like. That's something you don't say yeah. to a national audience. I mean, that's something you tell your girl once you guys sit around drinking wine. I believe wine. that the platform was wrong. Exactly. The way she did it. But her feelings were true. And I. Because I your like husband is more famous than you and he has more fans than you, you have a problem. No. And, yes. And, and, that's and, what it boils but, but down look, to. But here's the thing we were talking about this four weeks ago, but now it seems that Steph has taken it, uh, uh, you know, taken it up a notch. He's now allowing her to be on talk shows. Like, that, when your wife comes to you and say, baby, I'm unhappy, I'm not getting enough attention. He turns around and say, don't worry about it. I'm going to get you a show. Come yeah. on. You're going to be on this cooking show. I'm going to put you on Jimmy Kimmel. Let me give you everything that you asked for. And that's still not enough. But I, don't nobody want to hear her. The reality is, you guys, coming from a personal branding and marketing space, we got to think about the agenda. Yeah. You know, you got to think ahead of what's really happening So is it here. her agenda or his agenda? It's their agenda. They're trying to secure the big bag, and it's by any means at this point. So the red table, you know, that was pre-recorded. They knew how many ways that could have been interpreted, but they took and ran with how it was misinterpreted mm -hmm. because you said it was simple. It was simple. Yeah, it was. But media took that and ran with it. We're talking about it. 
four weeks later? Uh, well, a little over a month later? Yeah. But we're still talking about her because she's still, she's now in, in media now. Watch where we're talking about four months from now. This, no, but, this but is, the thing so is, now you're going to get so much attention that you really don't want. Or do they? Like, no, no, no. I mean, her personally. I don't know if she can really handle it. Now that, you're going to be in, now you're gonna be in rap though. songs mm. talking about how people... You know, well, Drake so. already said it. it you wasn't not. you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> no, I mean you wasn't with but, but, me shooting in but, the but gym. But more disrespectful stuff that people yeah, yeah. will come around and say, and then and it's like, why are these people talking about me like this? This is what you wanted. This is what mm-hmm. you asked for. And now it's like, okay, now you're gonna get all the smoke that you was looking for, mm-hmm. and the good come with the bad, of course, and. No, it's just going to be yes, what it is. Right people, or wrong. She should be doing that. this. She should be doing this. And the, and the bigger question is, women who are connected to successful guys, should that shine? Should that shine? It absolutely absolutely should be shared. Yeah. But should it be equal? Like if you're doing like if you Oprah and I'm Stedman, I get it. But if the shine ain't equal when we're going into it, should it be? Does he? Is he? No. Does he? Does he need to do it? No. And do women so. get upset when, like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm messing with you because I think that I'm, women want to marry up. That's what they want to do. At least in my humble opinion, yeah. you don't. You, you don't want. You know. Yeah. yeah. So make me better. Exactly. Too much. That's a that's a tough one. Everybody got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 cricket, no, no, cricket, no, cricket, no, cricket, no. cricket. I'm cricket, thinking I, from cricket. the perspective of a gender. Like I think there's just so much more to it. Like with Beyonce and Lemonade and Jay Z with four four four, and then right. all of the things that follow. Cardi that, B killing that it. That strategy. Her and, uh, dude. Yeah. Him proposing on the stage. That uh, we gotta. We're not speaking of common folk, you guys. You know. It's, but what about the common folk? Though? But but at the Sarita? end. No. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think sorry. the common folk got the game twisted. You're not Aisha, and you're not Stefan Curry. So you need to get back to the basics and determine as a unit what we are. Is this exactly. the agenda, or are you going to fall back why I, ta- why I take the lead and you take care of the home? I mean, it's really complex. It's exactly. not as simple, you know, as her statement was. And I think that's what people – I think that's why the media is having a field day with it because they know we're going to be talking about it. You know what uh, Jared <laughs> told us during the break? Uh, my technical producer. Uh, what did he, what did he say? He said, oh, oh, he said that she cost them <laughs> the final. <laughs> I think Kawhi Leonard cost them the final. Uh, he said. However, he said that. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he said Curry that they cost, cost them the finals. Cost yeah. Golden State right. the finals. Yeah. That no. was funny. I think it was more so Kawhi Leonard um, <laughs> and and the people that play for Toronto Raptors, but. Um, Sorry, boys. But oh my I mean, God. at the end but of I the day, but I get what his point right, was. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, right. you, you don't want any unwanted distractions, uh, especially uh, during that moment of the year uh, for an NBA With player all or that any, that's going any on. That was of, right yeah, doing yeah, leading up to the yeah, playoffs. It was, right, it was right there. But I mean, so we're blaming her for Kevin Durant. We're blaming her no, for Clay no, no, Thompson. No, all those no, injuries. No. We blaming her. Aisha, you're blamed here in the city of Chicago. Not by me. Not by me. All right, because. Only reason I say this is because I think that she was famous to an extent for what she does as a model. However, she's not going to live up to the three-point champion, three-time NBA champion Steph Curry is. So to to think that you're going to match that energy uh, on as far as fame is just it was far-fetched for her, but. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they are a relationship. They'll figure it out. You know, yeah, he, he's right. gonna he's gonna have his wife's back, and 
You know, they're going to be all right. There it is. Listen, guys, I got to get ready to get up out of here. I want to say thank you to the three of you for being here. Sarita Love, of course, the success junkie champ, as always. It's a success junkie. I don't want to say champ, but just a success junkie. Thank you for being here. Listen, I got to have you back in the very, very near future. How how did you like the roundtable? Oh, I love it. All right. I love it. It's It's a great way to close such a heavy you know, startup of uh, conversations. You know, I, I want to talk to you, you offline <laughs> about what's going on with this roundtable. Well, I think Let's you're a good it. fit. I really, really do. Kevin, I certainly appreciate you being here. I appreciate you, big dog. Hey, man, got to have you back in the very near future sometime. Yes, sir. All right. And also, Trish Hughes, thank you for coming in. You, you're out of Texas and you, uh, you're hanging out. You like you like in Chicago? Oh, I love it. No? It feels good. It's not hot. <laughs> not too cool. And you're, and, and you're an ex-athlete as well. I am. Can you oh. steal who? Oh, I got it. I love volleyball, though. That's my love. All right, so it's volleyball, it's not basketball. Volleyball. All right, I was about to say, let's, let's pull the rim out, right? Oh, we got it, though. <laughs> we still got it. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Sarita, uh, real quick, how can people uh, stay in contact with you? Oh, man, just type success junkie and you'll find Sarita Love. I'm not easily accessible, but if it's business, I'm your girl. All right, thank you so very much. Uh, Kevin? Lego underscore Q underscore six. All right, Trish? She on that step. She on that. uh, No uh, IG trash. (laughs) Well, listen, let me thank the team again uh, here this evening. Of course, my beautiful, gorgeous uh, wife, and she has certainly been filling in and helping me out with the show. Um, And I know she hates what she's doing, but thank you, hon, for filling in for me. Uh, Nicole, Mary Moore, thank you. Team Nicole. Also to my technical producer, uh, Brother Jared, who's out there pontificating right now (laughs) and arguing with people in the hallway. Certainly appreciate him. Hey, folks, make sure, again, that you keep it locked here throughout the weekend. WVON, we continuously do things throughout the weekend as well. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your Friday. I will see you next week. Until next time, and as always, church and tabernacle. Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON, AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's it?